0: That's joinmidi.com.
1: What is dynamic ad insertion and why should you care? And is podcast discovery such a big issue? Tip of the week we have an interesting low cost two microphone mobile device setup to share. Well, welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 105 for March 22nd, 2017, and my name is Rob Greenlee, the head of content at Spreaker. Thanks for downloading us and just clicking play um, to listen to us today, which I, I think is what most people do uh, when they listen to a podcast. They just click a play button somewhere. It's it, it's amazing how simple that is, but there is a lot of talk in the industry right now about how difficult it is to uh, discover podcasts. And, uh I don't necessarily 100% agree with that. I think it's pretty easy these days. But it's just uh, there's a lot of people that think that uh, discovering their podcast is uh, more challenging because there's more content out there. I'm joined on the show again by Mr. Alex XM, who's the host of the XM Experience podcast on Spreaker. Uh, welcome, Alex, again. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me, as
2: always. Glad to be here.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you back on here. So what do you think about that whole content discovery issue in the podcasting space? Is that mainly people complain about that or or, or the podcasters that aren't getting found?
2: Well, I mean, I think that's everyone on the internet. I think everyone struggles with being found, whether you have a blog, a website, even an Instagram or a Twitter. So it's nothing new. Uh, they're preaching to the choir here.
1: Do you really think that there is a, a challenge out there around podcast discovery right now?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think any new podcaster who especially is starting out, it's just there's so much, like you said, content. You're just there's yeah. too much to choose from. And there's people that are famous and there's people who have who are actually marketing it. And yeah. uh, people like Serial who are backed. Well, we could talk about <laughs> NPR and Serial getting their funding cut. You know, I did a show about that last week. But, uh, you know, they have if you have a team of four or five doing a highly produced show, creating, you know, music literally creating soundtracks for your podcast that are out of scratch and you have researchers and people running down fact checkers and running down interviews and things like this. Yeah. I mean, you're you're up against stiff competition. And if you've got someone like Adam Carolla, Joe Rogan, you know, some of these Aisha Tyler or some of these bigger people out there who've got bigger podcasts. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. People think because I think it's easy to get into and there's a low uh, cost to get into that, hey, yeah. you know, I'll be a star. and you know, That's I, right. It, just, it, it's hard. Just yeah. to
1: record a podcast, put it up. Uh, you're going to be famous and, uh, you know, playing up there with the big celebrities right
2: away, right? And but conversely, conversely, the flip side of that coin, not too too discouraging, is, as you just said, very low cost. You can turn around and compete with some of those big guys. Right. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a double edged sword. I mean, when uh, when else are you going to be able to do a video? I was telling my buddy this the other day. When else am I going to do a video that's four minutes long and talk about Hitler? Right. Which is a dead issue. He's been dead for how long now? Right. And be yeah. able to get 400,000 views from a video. You, you couldn't do that before. You couldn't do yeah. a podcast to even get a 100, you know, people to listen to you. So yeah. it's a huge opportunity. Um, you know, if, if you complain about let's take the example of, you know, someone complaining about uh, we were talking about this, Rob, earlier. About uh, you know a podcast about their dating life or something, right? Yeah. You know, instead of just complaining to your your girlfriends or your, your your guy friends or whatever, now you can complain to hundreds of people.
1: <laughs> so, That's right. <laughs> Somebody that lives uh, in a completely different city can can hear all all your sob stories about your dating life, right? So,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a double-edged sword. But I, right. I think I think there is some truth that yes, it's it's a it's tough to get noticed, and that's what this show's about, right? We talk about all sorts of ways to hopefully uh, get you noticed. And
1: yeah, but the key question is: Do you think that there's a discovery challenge on the listener side? Do you think that podcasts are hard to to find for a listener? That's cuts to the chase of how this medium is going to grow. And if you think about it, there's a lot of simple ways that exist yeah. out there to find a show, right? It's keyword searches. It doesn't get any simpler than that, right? Or
2: yeah, you can, word of mouth. Yeah. I, well, yeah. I mean, if you Google any topic, I think you're going to get a bunch of podcasts, right? Um, so I don't know, Rob. It's, it's tricky. I don't think – I think it's a lot easier than we're giving it credit for. I mean, we we can always complain about how thing, you know, the algorithms aren't perfect, and you know, there's a hundred podcasts about podcasting. Well, like like this show, there's a there's how many podcasts are there about podcasts? There's thousands of them out there, right? How to podcast a podcast about podcasting, and we're doing the same thing. But so it's hard. But I I can tell you this: if I Google like you know how to podcast or how to podcast on Spreaker, we're going to come up pretty pretty quick. That's not with having a whole lot of marketing dollars spent on on your part, right? I mean, this is pretty much word of mouth and and keywords, like you said.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you think about keywords in platforms like uh, iTunes, uh, the podcast app uh, for iOS, any of the other listening apps that are on Android, really all you have to know is what app you want to use to launch a A podcast listening app and then just do a keyword search for the the topic or the subject that you like to listen to. I think where the resistance comes or where the pushback comes from the parties involved in uh, raising the issue of uh, podcast discovery is just way too hard and we have to solve that problem are those that are wanting to be discovered, right? They're trying to market their shows. And like you said earlier, there is just so many so much content out there. For you to stand out in the crowd is a question of of quality content and marketing. It's not so much that the the podcast listening platforms or that Google is making it too hard to find a podcast. It's just that You have to get in front of people to market your show in order to be found. You have to create terrific content that will spark word of mouth sharing. Um, That's the challenge. It's not that the technology itself is getting in the way of people finding your show. It's all these other more content related issues and marketing topics that get in the way of people finding your show is what my particular opinion is. Those are not issues that
2: are Easy to solve. Yeah. And and I think that's, but that goes like we said, I said earlier about like blogs, right? People with YouTube channels. I mean, you could search countless hours on YouTube because I've done it on how to get more subscribers, you know? It's the same thing with how to get more Twitter followers, how to get more Instagram. So it's always a problem. All these things are. But I I don't think, like you're saying too, I don't think it's a technology issue. I I think the tools are there. It's almost like a filmmaker, right? Think of a filmmaker 20 years ago who wanted to get into independent film. And they were complaining, oh, Hollywood, it's all rigged. You got to know somebody. It's not about the talent. You have to have millions of dollars to get to make a film well the bar has been cut so low right anybody can get it people are making movies with their flipping iPhones and stuff right and <laughs> filming incredible videos with drones and things like that so like you know if you can't buy a you know a 5 or 600 dollar iPhone to film your video uh, you know nowadays it's like well then you're probably never going to make the movie you know what i mean yeah. uh, so uh, it's like the technology's there and like the bar has been when I say lowered, I think a lot of good content's coming out. Don't get me wrong. And not the quality being lowered, but the threshold to get in to produce the content is so low. You can do it with your phone for a podcast now. Yeah. You know, so you're going to get a lot of crap out there with that too. But for the people saying, well, it's just so hard. Nobody's listening. Nobody's following. It's like, well, dude, spend more time marketing yourself. How many, Rob, how many shows have you listened to that are great shows? Right. They're good. You just found them kind of like off the cuff. But you maybe never went back because they had one good episode that you listened to and you forgot about them because they didn't have a Twitter account or they didn't mention it or you didn't know how to follow them. You did, They didn't mention their website. They didn't – you couldn't sign up to their email, uh, newsletter, whatever the heck it was. You know, you just yeah. – it was an obscure thing. You Somebody mentioned it. It was on a different post. Someone just sent you a direct link and you forgot about it because they weren't really mentioning or they weren't really um, promoting themselves. So, you know, I don't know. If you Google Spreaker Live Show, you're going to find it. If you Google yeah. Rob Greenly, you're going to find the link. If you Google Alex Exum, you're going to find it. Like, we're hard not to find. And it's yeah. because we spent a lot of time putting content out and show notes and tweets. And, I mean, I, you go through our Twitter feeds and see all the stuff we've tweeted. I mean, every show that we tweet, every blog post from Spreaker, I think we both tweet. I mean, you know what I mean? you got to do your work. You can't yeah. just set up. It's like almost like I keep, I'm ranting again now here. But it's like <laughs> setting up a retail shop and you say, well, I'm going to start a – a convenience store or something i'm going to set a dog walking service i don't care what the business is and you just set it up and you don't do any promotion you're not in the phone book you're not on you know google uh you know search whatever uh, you, you, you got to do the other stuff on the other side a lot of the people who complain maybe about that you know there's a content finding problem like there's a problem like making the content available for people who haven't tried hard enough <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. They're really lazy. Right. Yeah,
2: because it's all the tools are free. You can yeah. use Google AdWords and you can take free classes on lynda.com. Just go to YouTube and Google, you know, growing your podcast. A video of mine will come up. I'm sure I'm sure something of yours will come up. Other people, the Daniel J. Lewis is of the world. Right. And people oftentimes hear about podcasts through another person.
1: So I mean, that's how I hear about a lot of shows is oh. somebody will mention something to me that this this show is good, you should go check it out and the and, best
2: ones is that's how yeah. you find the best ones, I think.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So and really the only way to inspire that is to get in front of people as much as you can. But anyway, we should probably move on from that that topic. We stream this show live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So that's always a great place to check us out. Plus, we also have um, apps on iOS and Android for the show. So you can find us over there. Just uh, go into the iOS app store and search uh, Spreaker Live Show, and uh, you'll find us. And if you're on Android, you can do, do the same and keep up with the show. It actually will play our live show in the app as well so we can always be found plus we're in all the other major listening platforms too itunes and google play music and stitcher and all those as well so if you're you're using those and you would prefer if you're listening to this on the web or something like that and you'd rather listen to us in your podcast app you can likely get it um, in your your favorite podcast listening app. So definitely do that. But Alex, let's uh, let's move on to our, our, our main topic of the week. Actually, I have, uh, later in the episode, I have a, a uh, tip about a cool little recording device that you can add to your mobile phone. To uh, It's a real simple way to start a podcast and to do a podcast without a bunch of uh, expensive equipment. So um, I will share those Those tips for for you the the listener maybe looking to start a podcast and do it really inexpensively, this is a great solution. But let's talk about a little bit more of an advanced topic here, Alex, um, that seems to be sweeping across the podcasting space. And I know you have your thoughts about it as well, and and so I I wanted to just talk about, and that's a dynamic ad insertion and why a podcaster or anybody listening to this show should care about that topic. Let me set it up a little bit. I mean, podcast dynamic ad insertion has been around for many years. It's not a new technology. It's something that's growing in popularity now as uh, the medium has matured and has a lot more advertisers interested in advertising in podcasts. It's a way to put uh, an audio ad in your show and it stays there in your show for a certain amount of time and then it comes out. Uh, of your show when it's reached its certain amount of um, downloads, so it's a way to um, monetize your show across new episodes and archives. So you can trade out, you can run different ad campaigns in your your on demand content as well as your your current shows. Um, so you can be monetizing all your downloads and plays. Um, across the entire archive of your show. It's it's a really cool technology and you're starting to see more and more um, typically larger shows right now move that direction as a way to monetize all of their distribution and all of their listens and all of their audience. So before we really dive into the kind of the details of this stuff, um, Alex, what's your thought on dynamic ad insertion?
2: Yeah, I don't know much about it because I've never really, you know, the, the closest thing I think I've been, uh, let, let's say used to is just like Google AdSense, right? When you're watching a video and it pops up and a, a, as a, uh, creator on YouTube, I can do the same thing. I can put in little, uh, times where I want the ads to go in or you can do it automatically, that type of thing. For podcasting, I, I'm a novice. I know Spreaker, you know, has just rolled out ads, uh, other than YouTube. That's my only real experience. Now I've heard them on other platforms, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan just because I don't like ads. That's one of the reasons why I like (laughs) podcasts, because I don't have to deal with all the ads. And I've even paid for premium downloads to not have to listen to ads because they drive me nuts. So, yeah, I I don't know. I I think it's you got to be careful if there's too many. And I know some people just would be like, you know, hey, put in as many as you can so I can. You know, make as much money as possible if they're going to share that revenue, but it could really hurt your show. I don't want to hear them. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> it's the same thing like NPR. Yeah, well, I, agree. I don't want to bring up NPR again, but it's actually a very perfect. It's a great example or good analogy. Like if you look at NPR, they would be dead without all the, all the funding they have. And if they had to run ads, they don't have to run ads. If they had to compete with regular terrestrial radio radio where they had to get an audience where there was ads they'd lose half their audience overnight because they don't have to not have to play ads nobody has nobody tunes out when the ads come on so they have a huge advantage and it's the same thing with podcasting i think that's part of the advantage there's not these big ads you could drop an ad or two maybe drop yeah. a promo code and and maybe you know get some money, but if all of a sudden I'm doing, and I've done that, let's say I'm doing that and I, I do a few ads on my own, and then all of a sudden there's an ad for BMW or some other prescription pill, whatever the hell it is, I might tune out. Yeah. And I, I think that might tune, you know, turn off some listeners. Now, the podcasters will like it if they make money, but is your audience going to diminish because you got so many flipping ads? I don't know. You
1: raised the topic of public radio, um, not having to do ads, but actually public radio is one of the biggest uh, purveyors, of um the use of dynamic ad insertion. I don't know if you knew that or not, but they actually use it the most of really anybody in the podcasting space. NPR? And, yeah, exactly. And a but, lot of are, these, but are we
2: talking about full blown ads, or are we talking? No, about, no, it's well, yeah, they're, they're, that's not. They're, they're not, not real more ads. This, this kind of this was sponsored by, yeah, yeah, that's exactly. totally different. That's that nonprofit crap where it's a totally different <laughs> ad. They can't they're, they're, seriously. They can't have a thirty second ad saying, "Go to this website, you'll get ten percent off." You will get this, and that. They can say this, this, yeah. you know, episode was sponsored by that's Rob right. Greenley, Rob Greenley's podcasting service, right? But th- there is so much they can't do. Yeah, that th- and they, plus. So the, 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 I guess they're using the the exact same thing we're talking about, but to a lesser extent, right? Because there's, well, they're much smaller clips.
1: Yeah, they're using it uh, for the type of ads that they, they can use. That they can run.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, okay. exactly. Right. That makes
1: so, sense. Th- yeah, so they're not doing um, call-to-action type ads. They're doing you know, branded sponsorship ads is what they're doing. So this show is brought to you by da-da-da or sponsored by or da da you know. That, mean, right, What well,
2: we're all familiar those with. Those type of yeah.
1: ads, yeah, exactly. But, but we're
2: all familiar with on there, yeah. So those, I are, mean the-
1: those are oftentimes in their podcast, dynamically inserted content, they're not live reads. So that's part of this issue as we kind of run through this is that line between host reads or – Advertisements or sponsor messages that are delivered by the host or commercial messages like more typically what you hear on broadcast radio. And those are two separate things that exist in the podcasting space today. There are some platforms that are running radio-like ads in dynamic insertion scenarios, and there's others that are running um, host reads that are also dynamically inserted as
2: well. Well, here's one to take it even further and really confuse people. There's places that do both. So iHeartRadio, right. right? When you first click there, they'll have one of those dynamic inserted ads before you can even lit- click on a station that you want to listen to. Then right. you hear the advertisements from the station, right? So they're doing the double yeah. whammy type thing. You're getting both.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's what radios for many years, right? They have local spots and they have national spots. And they usually mix them up during um, ad breaks. So like a typical commercial break on a commercial radio station will be two one-minute spots or 30-second spots that are provided by the station that's run at the first part of a commercial break. And the last two are provided by the national network or the national network. That's also done on television. Um, Some of the podcasting platforms are starting to think about those models as well. It's still early days for that that local and national connection somewhat in the podcast area, it's a little bit different. It would be one spot would be a spot that's placed by the the show creator, and the other spot would be placed by their syndicator or their ad partner that had the rights to sell a certain percentage of the podcast for them. So you have a similar type of situation as radio that's happening more and more in the podcasting. It's a little different, though.
2: And you just made me realize I misspoke earlier, Rob. I should clarify, because I'm on iHeartRadio, so I am familiar with ad insertion, because they do put them before my show. Yeah. And well, anyone I mean, there's pre-rolls,
1: and then there's, there's mid-rolls. Or pre-roll. And there's I guess that's a pre-roll. Yeah, yeah exactly. So there, most of the ad insertion that's happening right now are in pre-roll position. But where you're starting to see your significant movement now is... Uh, what is termed uh, like early mid-roll positions, which will be like a host read or a commercial 15 or 30-second spot that's inserted into, let's say, the first five minutes of the content.
2: No, I'm so, sorry. I'd I, I like, and I was going to say, I would like that idea if I knew when it was coming in as a sure. content creator. Like if they said, okay, six minutes in, you know, we're going to insert an ad and then I could time my show that way. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. I don't know, because I, I could see where you're like, just as you're introducing a guest and so go ahead rob take the mic and then all of a sudden ad pops in right and you're like ah so maybe that's good to keep them hanging but i I would like to be able to choose that time
1: and most shows uh, currently today will select an insertion point right that will happen um, at a certain millisecond point in the actual show content so it'll be like at five minutes and 36 seconds the show creator will We'll have like this marker in the content that will say, go ahead and insert this commercial in in this position right in the middle. It's almost like a book sliding into a bookshelf, right? That's kind of how it works.
2: Gotcha, yeah.
1: And you could conceivably have multiple books that get slid into that slot, right? So you as a content creator creating a show will know at five minutes and 36 seconds, you need to stop talking for just a second, right? You don't have to stop talking for very long. Because the technology will recognize that there's this gap here that will will be perfect for sliding a spot in. And then at the end of that, you will start talking again and you'll come out of that break. The question gets back into is, how do you transition from your content to the commercial break? And that's where people are experimenting with right now. Some people like to do a hard break. They'll, they'll say, we'll be right back. And then they'll stop and they'll say, well, welcome back to the show. That, that kind of flow. Or they, yeah. they'll do they'll just stop talking and the, the ad will start. And then w- when the ads are completed, what the listener will hear is the hosts just start talking again.
2: Yeah, there's so, no benefit for the creator to have it to not have that control. I can't think of any benefit for us not to have it because wh- I mean, what wh- where why would I? Why would I want them to come in at any time when I mean, I might be playing music and, you know, it's going to cut in right in the middle. It could be a music type DJ show. I don't know. There's a million reasons I can think why I would want to know exactly when. And plus, if they're going to do it randomly and you don't know when it is, what if you just did an ad? Now another ad comes on. And here's one thing I hate. This happens on YouTube a lot when I'm listening to like a long video or a long podcast or lecture. An ad will come in and I thought the show ended. Right. And then I'm already looking for somewhere else to click. And then all of a sudden it'll resume again because I took too long to find something else I wanted or it, it was a skip me ad type thing. And I'll yeah. click. Oh, I'll skip it. And I, I think I'm going to the next video in the series or something. But it's still the same video. But because an ad was just inserted at some weird point, I thought it ended. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, I hope yeah. that doesn't happen with my shows. And people just think the show's
3: over and tune out and bail. Yeah, that's one of the risks.
1: of running uh, what would be more termed kind of commercial ad spots is yeah. that the listener might think that the show is now over. That's why host reads oftentimes, which is the same speaker, right, will continue talking about a sponsor. And, and those so, are way
2: more effective they found. Exactly. and so much more effective.
1: That listener won't see a break really in who they're listening to. What they're listening to is the same guy. It's just that that ad was pre recorded at a different time and it would just be inserted right when that same host or that same person doing the show would stop talking and then he would start talking again in a pre recorded sponsor message. So you can kind of visualize, I think, if you think about that, uh, why that's so much better, right? Because then you don't have that disruption in who's speaking, this perception, like you said, that maybe the show's over. Um, and that may explain a lot of why people like host reads more than commercial ad spots, right?
2: Yeah. They've, One they, they've found they're way more effective. Yeah. They and, work better. And also, you
1: know, host reads typically can be voiced in a way of a genuine voice. They can be given, um, using real world examples of your experience with the product or the service and come across as a lot more believable than a commercial ad spot that 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 reader of the spot is, you know, basically yelling at you like like a typical radio ad,
2: right? So Yeah, or the yeah, the, you know, couple of cheesy voices that come in and do a real, you know, yeah, yeah. cheesy yeah, ad.
1: Yeah, exactly. But if you think about it, most of the dynamic ad insertions um, that are doing more radio type spots are typically big brand advertisers. Th- those are the folks that are running big budget radio ads right now. So a lot of those those ad agencies that are running those advertising campaigns um, are thinking radio first. And podcasting is just like You know, well, let's throw an ad into some of those podcasts, too. And it doesn't mean that we have to create any kind of unique um, creative. That's one of the the challenges, right? And that's one of the dangers of this dynamic ad insertion is that people, it's like giving somebody a loaded gun and not really training them how to use it. They can cause more damage than they they realize. So that's one of the the challenges before the podcasting uh, space is is to really focus on working with the ad agencies to get them to consider other types of um, audio spots that are maybe um, all read by the hosts um, as a much more effective way of delivering ad messages. The risk to them, though, is that those advertisers lose control of the ad message, and a lot of them don't like to do that.
2: Good point, yeah.
1: That's one of the challenges. So as we see this, this movement towards dynamic ad insertion becoming kind of a de facto way of doing business in the podcasting space, there is a danger uh, with that development. It's going to open up a lot more advertising opportunities out there um, that could, in the long run, impact the ad rates or what's called CPMs or cost per thousand rates could drop significantly. Uh, as more available inventory is brought to the market using this technology, those forty dollars CPMS may drop down to five, six, seven dollars because there's so much inventory out there that the advertisers they can have the pick of whatever they want. You know, it's a little bit of a different dynamic that's happening right now, and this is definitely going to have an impact on the podcasting medium, good or bad. The other big yeah. thing too, Alex is programmatic ad buying there's going to be ad marketplaces that are being developed right now um, that are going to sell just like google adsense you know was selling keyword sponsorship you know keywords in google the same kind of thing could happen with podcasting
2: yeah i you know i don't know i I always thought that maybe more competition would be great because right now like my only option is pretty much google and up until recently spreaker let's be honest those are the only options really to kind of monetize it. And I've had decent luck on YouTube. I wish it was more, but you know, a lot of, I hear that we, I mean this, we've I don't know how many shows we've done on this, but that's the big question. There's thousands of articles and people, gurus out there who will tell you, you know, how to monetize your podcast. And it, it's funny to me that I'm, I i do not want to go down a rabbit trail here, but there's so many people that are teaching you how to monetize your podcast when if they were making that much money, why aren't they just doing their podcast, right? If you're making so much money, how are you going to show other people to make money with your podcast if you're not making money? But all right, that's my own thing. Yeah, There's yeah, so yeah. many people out there who will take your money, right? Give us money. We'll show you how to make money at a podcast. Well, wait a second. It doesn't make sense to me. How come your podcast isn't making millions of dollars? Why aren't you just doing your show? So instead of yeah. taking people's money to make you money. Anyway.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, but, I mean it's – Yeah. There's, there's some legitimate ones. That's Don't true. get me wrong. But there are a lot of people out there that are absolute fly-by-night charlatans who have some product or something they want to sell you mm-hmm. to. It's like the YouTube networks I've talked about before that I despise and detest. But I always thought that having more competition would be good, right? Because then you'd have the little guys, which I consider myself and a lot of our mm-hmm. listeners, little guys mm-hmm. who want to be able to get in there. But they don't that's have right. fifty thousand downloads an episode. Right. You, we don't. And I We're think not that, even close to it. Yeah, and I think that those opportunities are are
1: are, are part of this, you know. And I think mm-hmm. that's right. that's the that's the, the hope the, <laughs> anyway. The reality, and I know that, that that's what Spreaker's trying to do as well. Spreaker is Spreaker's trying to create a a um, a marketplace for buying ads and podcasts and supporting this dynamic ad insertion technology and enabling content providers to To utilize this technology um, on smaller shows. And so advertisers can buy across the larger numbers of shows because if you really think about it, I mean, a lot of the, the podcasts or the, the shows that are out there are unduplicated audiences, which means if you were to roll up 100 separate shows in a particular target market um, campaign, um, that could could be equivalent to buying, you know, on the Adam Carolla show or something like that, if you know what I'm saying, to be able to reach that scale uh, across a larger number of podcasts. But the technology has to be better to enable that, right? Easier for the advertiser, it has to be easier for the show producer to to take advantage of that opportunity. And that's that, that's what's really been lacking in the podcasting space, is the technology to effectively do ad campaigns across large numbers of shows because most of the ad campaigns up to this point are being done across very small numbers of shows because it's it's not utilizing advanced technology to traffic those programs quite yet. So, And I believe that's the, the trend line that we're seeing happen here and coming up. And I know Spreaker's working on trying to solve that problem as well because we have an interest in working with smaller shows and mon- helping them monetize As you're already seeing with our platform, Um, but most of our
2: no, I'm sorry. I think Spreaker's headed on the right track because the the one thing that they need, what like YouTube has or a Facebook has, is a massive repository of users, right? So that's what you need in order to like you know get this kind like get first of all get the demographics and find out who to put the flipping ads in front of, right? You need that information. What's their age? Are they male, female? Are they students? Are they working? You know their age Mm -hmm. range. Are they do they have expendable income? That type of thing. And then how are you going to get the ads in front of them? So it's like you – that's why YouTube is just kind of a no-brainer because they have the users, massive amounts of traffic, right? It's just easy. But there's there's no repository for podcasts like that. YouTube I guess you could say is because there's so many podcasts on there. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much other stuff. Like you, you are drowning in content. I can't tell you how many times I've been listening to what I thought I'd listen to an hour-long podcast five minutes into it. There's a cat playing with yarn, and I'm watching that video just because it showed up in the corner of my eye. So it's a distraction, too. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, there's no real podcasting YouTube. You know what I'm saying, Rob? Yeah. There's I places do. like Spreaker that are helping, but there's not one that's so big that has yeah. a, that can pretty much get you any podcast right now. And there
1: are platforms, you know, like iTunes and and the the iOS yeah, podcast app, but but those guys aren't really helping shows monetize. So
2: iTunes, but for me, yeah. like iTunes is not. They're not innovating. It's just like it's kind of a dead issue to me. And it was so huge, and I know it's still a big deal. And it, yeah, iTunes, it's all they ever talk about. I don't know anymore. I get most of my listens through YouTube, number one. And then I think Spreaker is number two. And then p- people find me on a variety, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. So, I mean, I know it's a big deal for some people. It's still the repository. I get it. It's like the one big one. But I never go to iTunes to find – I want to know what our listeners think. Do people go to iTunes anymore to find interesting podcasts? I never go to iTunes. Yeah. Do you, Rob? Do you go to iTunes often? the last time? You do? Oh, okay. sure.
1: Sure, I do on a on – a, Regular basis because that's the platform that really has rolled up all of the podcasts in the industry. Um, I spend
2: time on Spreaker. I, yeah. I find a lot of podcasts through Spreaker, but not iTunes. I, I, I'm just, sure. i just I'm more on websites because for iTunes I got to go into like an app, right? <laughs> like I got to open up a software program. I got to yeah. like do something I don't want to do. Like it starts opening. I go, oh, I didn't want to open that. and I close it back out and then search <laughs> for the podcast on Google. So yeah. I just I, iTunes. I guess if you're in uh, a Mac guy. I'm so Android and Windows; it's not even funny. So it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. And I know yeah. that's a big audience, right? I, iOS, but still, like sure. if you're not on sure. it, uh, iTunes—it's arcade. Well, also
1: <laughs> if you uh, if you look at it from the bigger from a bigger perspective, I mean, a lot of forward looking podcasters are starting to figure out. That they need to probably diversify. They need to think about premium content offerings. They need to think about ways that they can kind of make revenue from other sources as well, not just from CPMS or Like cost, Patreon. Cost like Patreon, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I think those work for people. Plus, also doing more with with video and. Click through mm-hmm. ads. Um, yeah. I mean, th- those are all small
2: solutions, but affiliate linking and
1: you know affiliate links, uh, Patreon type models, uh, maybe even selling subscriptions to content if the content is worthy of it. Um, maybe doing live performances. Uh, and selling tickets to those, I know many larger shows are are doing those type of revenue generating things i mean i've i 've worked with a couple of shows up here in Seattle that um, th- they 're smaller shows, but they 'll still still do a live event in a bar or in a in a theater or something like that and invite their their listeners to to come in and and l- listen to a live taping of their show. Those opportunities are out there as well, and more and more shows are taking advantage of there's there's more um, and more podfest type you know events that are going on that are featuring live performances of podcasts. Um, I'm not saying that that's those opportunities are, are available to every show that's out there, uh, but those are movements in the industry that um, are part of a diversified um, kind of marketing approach uh, or audience outreach or revenue generation opportunities for podcasters
2: that are well. I, that are I've said this before. Done. Yeah, and I've said this before, Rob. Once you figure out how Spreaker can be live on iHeartRadio, because right now it's not. Right, you upload the show, then it goes out to iHeartRadio. Yep. But once they figure that out, it's all over. I who would even I wouldn't even want to be on the radio anymore because now I'm in people's cars. If I could get on iHeartRadio and broadcast live through Spreaker, it's a done yeah. deal. The radio business would have so much competition they'd be dr- they wouldn't know what to do because right now they've got a monopoly. Right, If you're in your car, you put on the terrestrial radio here, but with the smart cars and all that and iHeartRadio now being on a lot – almost every new car right now has all these apps, right? Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify. So if if you could do that live, it's all over. That would change the whole flipping game.
1: Yeah, and I've been speaking more and more lately about local podcasts too shows that are done um, in a local city or market about that local city and market um, in a topic area that maybe has a national interest following. Um, So you have those opportunities that become more viable as you think about in-car listening. Let's kind of move on to our tip of the week. Um, But before I get to tip of the week, um, Alex,
2: what's the best way for a listener to reach you? Uh, I'm at Twitter at Alex Exum, or you can reach me at via email, alex at alexexum.com. And uh, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash alexexum.
1: Gotcha. And I can be reached um, at rob at spreaker.com and on Twitter at Rob greenley. And Spreaker also has a Twitter account at Spreaker, and that's with an R, and uh, Spreaker.com. So go go check out our, our website. We also have a blog um, that has articles um, that are talking about podcasting as well at uh, blog.Spreaker.com. Alex, I wanted to talk about our tip of the week this week. Uh, which we haven't been doing every week, but there's been other content that we've been filling in here. But this one popped up uh, as an interesting solution for those that are wanting to potentially record a new podcast, like maybe on their iPhone or Android device, and maybe want to do some conversations with other people and have it really simple and easy and inexpensive to, to do that. Spreaker makes recording and live streaming software for Android and iOS, um, and you can certainly use this this little um, microphone setup that you can you can get with your phone. that only costs like thirty dollars for this thing, and it's called the the Movo the Movo on Executive Lavalier, and it's a dual lavalier microphone system. And what a lavalier is, and let me explain what that is. It's just a little tiny microphone that clips to your your shirt. It's the similar kind of thing that you see on you know that TV broadcasters use, um, if, you know, for like anchoring the the news and things. They're those little tiny microphones that clip to your your lapel or your shirt um, that will pick up your your voice. And what what I would recommend is that you clip that really close to your 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 mouth as close as you can, like maybe at the top of your shirt or something like that. But this system, basically for thirty bucks, allows you to have two microphones. Uh, running simultaneously into your iPhone or Android device or your tablet. Um, and, and it's really inexpensive, um, but it's also very portable. You just kind of roll up those, those little cords. One of the cords is about 8 feet long, and the other cord is about 5 feet long. So you, so you, as the host holding your iPhone, would just use the 5-foot cord, and you would share the 8-foot cord with uh, your, your guest, and so you could do this do a show anywhere really I, I would still be conscious of your your recording environment though don't don't get in a really noisy environment um, but anyway alex what do you think about this i mean you're seeing a picture of it right on your screen uh, it's available yeah. on on amazon what's your thought on it would
2: you use something like this yeah i've looked into these before i haven't used one but i've heard the audio quality on some youtube videos and they sound pretty good but
1: it's i mean for 30 bucks um, and free yes. software from from Spreaker, and you're able to do live shows. Um, you're able to record right into the, the the device that you have in your pocket right now. There, I mean. Pretty much anybody can afford that.
2: Yeah, and there's other ones that are more expensive. I've seen ones. I think it was Rode, might have been the the one, or even, maybe yeah. even like Audio Technique. I, I forget, but I saw one yeah. for like you know two hundred dollars. They've got some that are really expensive, high end ones for uh, really video, like you were saying. If you're doing some sort of interview, the newscasters, things like that. Um, I, I, you know, I've heard some of the different samples. Some are better than others, but sure. I mean, how much do you really want to spend? Um, if you're not, I mean, I guess if you're going to use this, you mean Mike, you might want to spend a little bit more, but yeah. $30 I think is reasonable, right? Like that's something where you're not, you know, if you got it out and you know, it breaks or something, you know, it, you're not going to be completely, you know, destroyed or set back on a $200 lavalier. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's a, a good option if you don't want to get a, um, you know, a USB mic or your like you said, portable. Because some of those handheld recording mics, like the Zoom, can be three, four hundred bucks themselves.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I agree with you, Alex. It depends on how far down this rabbit hole that you want to go. But I've always been really recommending to people that at the beginning, when they're starting a show, don't spend a lot of money. Just uh, start yeah, thinking about your content and get some content because nobody's listening anyway. So, get started. Get your content up there. Um, Using tools like this are good enough to get started. You need, as a podcaster, you need to learn how to be a better podcaster, how to create terrific content, not be worried about how expensive or fancy your your recording equipment is. There's much bigger issues that you need to face at the beginning of creating any show. Um, You can certainly upgrade what you have after episode 10 or something like that. If you want to go to a more professional mic, if you're finding traction with your show. But the big thing is just getting getting going and getting your show out there and having it just good enough to build an audience. Now, you don't want to create shows that are painful for an audience to listen to, and you definitely want to have it be a high enough volume because a lot of podcast listeners are listening to shows in noisy environments like on the bus or on the airplane, whatever. So you need to make sure that your volume level is high enough um, even even using these type of tools um, I kind of recommend a, um, a, um, a software program called Levelator it's at uh, levelator.com and that's L-E-V-E-L-A-T-E-R dot com and that's a free software you can download that, um, that you can always run your, your wave audio file through and it'll completely level it uh, raise the, the, the volume and make it listenable on um, all these kind of challenging listening environments that you'll find your audience um, gets themselves into. <laughs> so, so Alex, any any last thoughts before we kind of sign off for this week?
2: Uh, no, but I think Level Later is a great option. We've talked about it before. That's one; it's free. So, I mean, I I would definitely use it. The only thing with Level Later, um, you got to be a little careful because I know that sometimes at the end it'll kind of amp up any low parts of voice because it's trying to kind of it's kind of trying to compress it is what it almost yeah. does but at any yeah, rate yeah it does across the whole thing yeah it does and especially if you have a lot of edits like i've had some where i had you know several interviews or several clips at the end it'll really punch it so you gotta be a little careful but you can always <laughs> tweak it in audacity but yeah sure. that's, that's about it that's you about bet.
1: It well. well alex thanks
2: for doing the show again thank you sir it's great to
1: you know another one's in the can as
2: they say Another one bites the dust.
1: That's right. And thank you for for listening to the show again this week. Uh, We'll be back next week, uh, next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Give us some feedback. We want to hear from you. My email address is rob at spreaker.com and alex at alexexam.com. So we can always be found online on Google. Twitter is a great place to, to find me. Actually, I do a, another podcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time at uh, newmediashow.com. It's actually a live video show as well as audio and video podcasts. So it's something I've been doing for many years about the podcasting industry. So uh, you can That's definitely go, yeah. go go check out that show as well if you haven't gotten enough of listening about podcasting from us, so.
2: Hey Rob, do you have to follow? Do you have to follow you on Twitter to get notified I used to get notifications when I was on Twitter, but I don't think I get them anymore. When you do that show, it's weird. Is there oh. something I gotta? I it's I, not a Twitter I, thing, right? Is it attached to Twitter or something?
1: No, I send a, a tweet out about it on on my own account, but the, the, maybe
2: I haven't seen that's it about recently. It. Okay, yeah. well, make sure you send it to me. Like, tag me in it. All right. So oh, I know because awesome. you know it's, it's Saturday mornings. I'm all over the place.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. As as well as a lot of people, Saturday mornings is probably not the best time to be doing a show. But but it's it's when
2: well nine's both, okay. Both, I'm both not at the Todd beach. Todd and not. I have
1: that's that's when we have time to do it. So,
2: so nine's not bad. It. If it was like around noon, I'd be at the beach. So nine a.m. I'm I'm available. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're sleeping in, right? <laughs> right. So, all right. Well, thank you so much for
3: listening to this week's show. and We'll be back next week, and I hope you can join us. Thank you. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.